Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What is up, Julie? George? <laughs> I can't believe I'm back again. You've let me come back. It's uh, what an honor to be. Yeah. Uh, Micah was- couldn't make this one, but we're going to have some fun with Miss Julie George, the million million dollar host. And uh, real quick, episode 262 of your favorite short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world coming at you from Fort Worth, Texas. And our special guest, as we said uh, a second ago, is Miss Julie George, the the awesome Aussie over there, you know, kicking butt. And she really, she took over the short-term rental industry a few years back and cashed out and made a buttload of money. And now she travels the world and drinks uh, tequila. So that's pretty much what she does now. So <laughs> It's a tough life, but someone's got to do it, Steve. So <laughs> I'm heading your way tomorrow. So I'm in Australia today. Uh, it's wow. Friday already, so we're a day ahead. Um, but tomorrow I'm heading across to Los Angeles, down to Cabo San Lucas, and I get to spend eight days over there teaching. So according to the tax man, um, it will be a work trip. Uh, so if you see me by the swim up bar um, with a cocktail in hand and probably a tequila shot in the other, it is work. And I am probably talking about short-term rentals in some form, but um, it's a tough life. (laughs) That is a tough life. Um, So this is like your third time on this show on Live, Let, Thrive. Your favorite, your favorite podcast. It is. It's still my very favorite (laughs) podcast and I'm putting it out there, folks. I still remember the day, gosh, it was years ago now that we first recorded that uh, first episode, but it was just a hell of a lot of fun. We (laughs) dove deep into um, the million dollar secrets. And I just remember really connecting with you, Steve and Micah. Uh, Now we have all caught up in person. Um, I have had your children climbing all over me. I've had Micah's children. So I am the auntie from Australia. Um, And, you know, it's, isn't it amazing how far we've all come from the days of just initially connecting? Yeah. Yeah. I love the, I love this um, podcast world because it does, it does bring people together from all over the world. And it, and it's so funny because like our community, it seems like we all know each other. Right. And, and we're like the the movers and shakers in this short term rental world. And we're, we all kind of we're not I guess um, there are some a-holes out there. But for the most part, we all kind of support each other and we and we look at it, look at it from a, an abundance mindset. You know, it's really it, it, there's very few a-holes out there and <laughs> they don't last really long love. they don't last long like, they don't last long because it, unless you're a um yeah you're community spirited you're supportive of each other you're collaborative if you if you're not like that we actually don't accept you sorry you're out <laughs> um but the ones that do come in and play nice in the schoolyard we are like the cool kids um and i just I just love it. Like I really have never seen an industry like this before where it feels like we've just created a big friendship group and it's like a great big virtual hug every time we have a mastermind online or or when we get to see each other in person, we all sit at the dinner table as one big family. And it, and it's no um, surprise that a-holes don't make it in this industry, really, because this is the hospitality industry, right? And if you're an a-hole and you treat people like crap, 
and then and you're not your business ain't gonna last very long and so the ones that do stick around we we do love um treating people nicely we do love making their stays memorable you know we do love um supporting each other too hey someone needs a stay can you hook them up because my places are full vice versa i mean it's it, it's like it, it's hospitality you can't you can't approach this uh, from a scarcity mindset or or a cutthroat mindset, because you won't last. Everybody will find you out and, and kick you out, like you said. Yeah, the, and there's enough work to go around for everybody. So let's share the love. Let's put our brains together. Let's help each other out. And, you know, and I think that really is important in times like I know just recently the regulations and bans and that type of thing that face some of our communities, like you've seen personally. Um, look, if we can help band together, educate the community, it's a one, yeah, a, a lot of a, you know, a lot better outcome. Nothing but love, Julie George. Love. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you've, you've told your story twice on this show already, but yep. you can give like a brief synopsis for someone that's just yeah, uh, sure. seen you for, someone I mean, everybody's us. seen you already, but I'm sure there's maybe a couple people on the planet that don't right. know who for Julie is. You, if you are <laughs> the one person tuning in now and you haven't heard this Australian accent, uh, let me give you the brief. 60 second overview. So my claim to fame is that in 2016, I started a short-term rental business in Australia, just with one property, with my own property. Um, I discovered the potential for property investors through doing it myself. Um, I then created a property management company, scaled to 130 properties and over $8 million in income in two and a half years. Just prior to COVID, I looked into my crystal ball and saw that there was something coming and I sold my business. So I had a knock on the door and at that stage I had Million Dollar Host out, um, which is in Steve's back. Uh, <laughs> I reckon you've just stuck that up on the wall just for today. Um, <laughs> but, um, You're always there, Julie. Million Dollar Host was out 2018, went bestseller. And then, of course, uh, there were other opportunities and my love really had grown for uh coaching and, and educating and being able to help others replicate that same success that I had seen. So that's what I get to do now. I get to travel the world. I get to speak up on stages uh, and I get to do amazing podcasts like this where hopefully one or two tips that I can give today or some advice might just help somebody fast track their own success in short-term rentals. And your book is great. It's an inspiring one. I want you all to go get Julie's book, uh, go to Amazon and and she gets all the money from it. No, I'm just kidding. Amazon gets quite a chunk I do on this one, but these two <laughs> hospitable hosts, the second and third book that I'm in, all money goes to a charity. So it goes to oh. the Children's Hospital, St. Ormond's, uh, and the War Child Charity. So, um, But selfishly, the one in the middle, that comes to me, and that will help <laughs> help uh, at the bar in Mexico uh, next yeah. week. <laughs> buy Julia shot. Buy her book. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so. I wanted to tell you something because I just recently read a book and it's kind of, and I've heard about this book for a while and I, I'm so upset that I didn't read it earlier. It's called The E-Myth Revisited. Have you heard of that one? Yes. Okay. I've read it. Oh my God. Good. It's so good. And what I love about this, this writer, he, he tells, he tells the story, like he's talking to a lady running her like cake shop or whatever. So it's, he tells it in like a, in a story, like telling her, uh, you know, uh, this is what happens. You know, most most people, uh, when they try to start a business, this is the things that they do and then they fall into and they act, you know, and they, they it just becomes a mess um, because there's no structure. There's no systems. There's no um, what's it called? Biz yeah, just business structure in general. And, and um, what what's so what what 
inspiring. It, I mean, what is funny at first, because if anybody has started a business and done a business for a while and you go and read that book, you're like, oh, shit, everything that he talks about, we did. You know what I'm saying? We started up. We didn't have roles in place. Uh, we hired the first person and then just they did pretty good. And then we start, oh, they can do this and this and this and this. And, and then then they, you know, it's too much for them to juggle because it's just it just goes on and on and so what what i of course what i drew from the book the most important thing is to have your sops in place and to have your business structure so i really want to dive into that today you know we talk about short-term rentals all the time on the show but if you're going to start if short-term rentals are addicting so you're going to do one and you're going to do it well you're going to do two you can you can do you can get up to three or four by yourself or five maybe then it starts to get a little hectic and you need to hire somebody it's going to happen right and and our listeners probably already there or, or getting there, but you need to really seriously uh, think about learning some some business um, structure for your business and your um, SOP, standing standard operating procedures. Please help us, Julie. Help us build our businesses correctly. Oh, I tell you what, this is the one secret that I will always say to people is that yeah, the you just need to have a really good framework, and you need to be able to start planning your business right from the start as if you are going to be running an empire if if that is what you sorry i get excited because i think that that everybody wants to run an empire but perhaps not but i i would say even if you're only planning to structure for five properties or 10 properties if you want a small boutique i would still say get your framework in place look at your org chart your organizational chart, have a business plan in place, have systems and operating procedures ready to go, and just make sure that the business does not rely wholly and solely on you. Because what will happen is that if you are ever sick or unfortunately hit by a bus, I don't know, but let's think worst case scenario, how is your family going to pick up the pieces if everything that you know about the business is inside your head? So get it out of your head, put it in black and white right from the start. Take that time. Now, it does take time to put all this together. So that is the one warning that I will have for people is that, um, look, it might feel tedious and it may feel unproductive when you're sitting there writing out procedures or processes and you're creating looms for other people to follow. That may be frustrating to you, but I promise you that in the end, just like writing a book, you'll do it once and then you'll never have to do it again. It's there for life. And then you can just hand it out. Every time somebody comes in a new cleaner, give them the cleaning checklist that you've just created. So, um, yes. So as I'm talking to you, I'm trying to find some documents because I want to share some stuff with, with you on this because it's, um, it is something that if you can get this right, you can then scale a, a business to the point where you're working on it, not in it. Mm. Uh, and you can sell it as well. So you're, you're building a saleable business, but you've got to have that structure. You've got to have the business um, down in black and white. And, and that's what I like, because as the book mentions that, you you want to build, well, he I think he said franchisable business, a, a business you can sell. And you might not, not ever want to sell your business, but it's really, it's, it's really important to build it like something that you could sell, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's like, and like you mentioned where you like, if you're sick or you want to go t- take a month off and go to Cabo and drink tequila, you could do that. <laughs> the business will be all right. Um, so, so, and you mentioned something else, the, the tediousness of these SOPs, there's nothing glamorous about this crap. And I'll tell you, 
right now, you know, uh, me and my partner Federico and the and are just have been, you know, we've been doing this for going on three years. He's gonna he's gonna move on and do some other ventures now, and I'm taking over the business full time and and kind of he's passing all this knowledge over to me and our lead manager and and now. I, and I, I read this book at the perfect time, right? I read this book at the perfect time because I am setting up these SOPs that that might not be there already. You know, there might be, there's a bunch in place, but there's some that are uh, other things that I want to be able to take off my plate. And I'm like, and you sit down and it took me like, let's just say um, an onboarding guide to, to a new client, you know? I, I was, I was, it took me like three days for this stupid thing because I'm like, Oh, I got to remember this. I got to remember. Oh, I got to explain this, you know, a quick start guide. And then I go in there in more detail and I'm like, wow, you know, three days to, to do one thing that, you know, theoretically I could sit down with a, a, a new uh, client and, and, you know, in 20 minutes or so I could, I could, you know, walk them through and onboard their property, all that stuff. But you can't think like that because those 20 minutes, 30 minutes, they add up and your whole day is, is full of those, you know? So you got to, it takes three. If it takes three days to get that thirty minutes off my plate, then it's worth it. Do it, I promise you. And that is the one thing that I see a lot of uh, property managers or business owners struggle with is to take time out of the day to day to put the effort into creating that that system, that process. But you've got to take that time out. They've got to invest that time. Um, and it will come back to you tenfold. I promise you. That's the one thing that I can absolutely guarantee is you take that time um, and it's going to, yeah, it's going to reward you more than you'll ever believe. So yeah. so when you started your business, because I know you're a business genius, like you you were born a business genius, right? So <laughs> <laughs> don't think so. Have you read about how many failed businesses I had? I, you know, it's, yeah, well, yeah, sorry, continue your question before no, yeah. I... <laughs> So I want to know, because you started just like we started, you know, we started with one short-term rental and then you got another one and another one, and another one. And and so you, you had to figure it out early on. And what were some of the mistakes you were making and how did you rectify those? Yeah, look, I, I'm going to tell you the story of actually how I discovered that I needed to um, get it together. I had... I, when I was taking on these properties, I was a, a little excited kid who was taking any property that I could get my hands on. But of course, I was doing it all myself, right? So I was doing the cleaning, the communications. I was running the whole thing, as we all do when we start off. And um, and if you don't, actually, there you go. If you think that you can start this business and not be hands-on in the beginning, think again. I believe everybody should start off cleaning toilets making beds and really getting hands on with this sort of business to fully understand what you are then going to employ somebody to do. Um, so I had made 17 beds in one day. <laughs> At the end of that day, I was like, holy shit. And I'm going to swear on your podcast because <laughs> yes. I know I can get away with it. <laughs> holy shit. Whose stupid idea was short-term rentals? Who you know, like this is crap. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm either going to go and get a job tomorrow and go back to a cubicle working for a boss. What was I thinking? Um, or I need to get some help and I need to get some processes in place and I need to employ somebody. And so it was that very next day. It's amazing how things will come together. The very next day that I sat down with a former colleague of mine, Glenn, Glenn is, he was 70 years old at the time. He had just um, retired officially from the corporate world. We had both worked together selling yellow pages ads. Now that's showing how old I am. Because um, if you know what a yellow pages is, that's 
our old version of Google. Yeah, see, you're old too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he'd come to the end of his advertising career and he said, Jules, I don't want to retire. I want something to do with my, you know, with my time. I want to still earn an income. And I said, Glenn. Here's some laundry, Glenn. Here's some laundry. <laughs> I said, have you got a smartphone? Have you got a mop, a bucket, a vacuum cleaner? And can you make beds? And he said, yes. And I said, well, here's 10 properties. I'm going to give you a portfolio and I want you to be my co-host on all of these properties. You're going to look after communications with the guests. You're going to meet and greet them. You're going to do the cleaning, do the laundry, report back on any uh, any damages and I'm going to pay you a 6% commission out of the 25% I was um, charging homeowners plus the cleaning fee. So that really, what that equated to in terms of income for Glenn was about $1,500 a week uh, in income. So um, so 6,000 a month he was earning on a portfolio of 10 properties. He was ecstatic. He got to look after those properties like they were his own. So suddenly he had pride in his work. He was had unlimited earnings. So he was driven. He was um, he was just out there to make sure that people stayed longer. He responded to bookings really quickly because he was on a commission. He took um, he looked after those properties like they were there is his own in that he knew if he walked in and there was a coffee mug that was broken or a mark on the wall, he was able to get that claim in and get it rectified with Airbnb immediately because he, it was like his own properties. So it was like a little franchise that I had given him and he has only just recently um, quit. So he at 76, I think he's now given up the tools. Uh, But I just think, Gosh, for six years, this man has been able to take a little franchise, take a little portfolio and run with it. So, mm. um, but sorry, that was my long answer to how I actually discovered that I needed some help. Real quick, were those first 10 properties, please tell me they were known as the Glen 10. I <laughs> <laughs> you were drinking when I get so. Spit my tea everywhere. <laughs> the Glen 10. Oh, she's okay. They will now know if you know Glen 10. Um <laughs> Oh, I'm clever. Yeah. I'm clever, Julie. You are so clever. I mean, you know, it I'm bloody compensate, clever. Compensates for the looks, I guess. But uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, well. oh, folks, there you go. That just shows you how good a friendship that you can form with um, people that yeah in this industry. So, yeah, <laughs> just myself. But um, actually, let me. Can I share with you the organizational yeah. structure? Because what it does, and this, folks, is something that. So the documents that we're talking about, the paperwork, when you initially set up the structure, the policies, the procedure, I actually have all those things. And I do not keep those secrets to myself. I actually am happy to share them with others. So real quick, before you pass uh, these 10 yeah. to Glenn, you, you made processes first or you just had what happened? Well, it all kind of happened very much at the same time. I thought, wow, okay, I am running this business all based out of what was upstairs in in between my ears. Um, I need to stop that. So when I when Glenn then came to me and said, oh, I'm looking for this opportunity. And I thought, well, I need you as well. I, I think I spent a good few hours at home punching out a contract, certainly, a job description. Um, and a manual um, because I needed to make sure that he understood my standards. And that's something that I think you've got to get really clear on. What are your standards? What is your vision for your company? 
put it in writing. What are your values as well? Uh, and make sure that you can pass that on to the person that's coming on to help you, whether it's a cleaner, whether it's a handyman, be very clear with them about what it is that your expectations are, mm. what you are expecting from them, and then what what is the goal that you're trying to achieve. Uh, so I know I, I didn't have anything. When I had this conversation with Glenn, I was like, oh, crap. Now I have to go home and actually get this organized. So, um, so yeah, it was very quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, she's gonna share her screen. Yep. Uh, if y'all check it out on check it out on YouTube because you'll get the full picture. Yeah. But she's gonna be uh, she's a great storyteller. You know, she'll be explaining it as she goes. So what you see in front of you here, and folks, what I'm showing Steve for those listening in only is just a property management organizational chart. What I had to do is get very clear on where uh, where I was headed with this business and. Really, what I'm showing, Steve, at the moment is where I was at at 130 properties and um, and who I hired, when I hired them. So down the very bottom, Steve, on the left-hand side, you'll see a property host and it says 10 properties. Now, I'm going to try and make that a little bit bigger so that we can see. Um, he was That was Glenn. So I'm up the top the in Glenn the green 10, yes. as the CEO. Glenn 10 is there on the bottom on the left. Um, he was the second person. And then I then realized that what I had put together with him as a co-host, as a little franchise portfolio, was that I could do that over and over again. So the third, fourth, and fifth person that I took into my business were also co-hosts. And they're... And, they ranged. I had one lady who just wanted to have a couple of properties. So I gave her five properties to look after. She had three little kids. The next lady that I brought on was an absolute entrepreneur beast. So she wanted 23 properties. Mm. Now I said to all of these people, I will give you properties dependent on your capabilities and your skill level. If I can see that you are reaching the targets, the KPIs, the key performance indicators of five-star reviews on Airbnb, and you have the capability to take on another property, I will assign that property to you. However, if I see that the reviews, the guest reviews are coming back with maybe a four-star rating, three and a half for cleaning, I will retrain you with those standards that we've put in place with the manual that I've created. But then... I will take that property off you if a bad review continues. So it was a real reward and punishment system. And I don't like that word punishment, but I really had to make sure that it was almost gamified, this franchise model. Uh, but it worked. And I can tell you that it's, what it allowed me to do was that I could focus on what I was really good at. And that was getting properties from homeowners. As soon as I was able to onboard a property, I could pass it off to a co-host. Um, it wasn't until I had 50 of those properties that then I employed somebody. So these co-hosts were all contractors and they were all um, running their own business essentially. So I was taking them on as a contractor, but then at 50 properties, I could actually afford an employee. And that's when I took on a property manager. And you'll see that on for those people looking, uh, it's in the blue and I did it by location. So eventually I had two property managers working for me on salaries. And those people were overseeing the property hosts, but they were also then um, assigned with the task of talking to homeowners. Because by 50 properties, I was sick of homeowners. I know that's really bad to say, <laughs> but I couldn't 
deal with them anymore either. <laughs> so, um, yes, you get burnt out with guests and home and property owners. But uh, property managers came on. They then started doing the appraisals, going and having a look at a property, putting together an appraisal report, doing the onboarding, and then dealing with any homeowner issues. So at that stage, when I had those people in place, I had a guest I had somebody who was a guest facing um, person and then somebody who was a homeowner. Uh, and for me, this structure is very different to other structures you'll see in the industry where they have a cleaning department, a maintenance department, a marketing department, a guest services department. For me, I wanted the least amount of touch points as possible. If a guest was coming to one of my properties, I wanted them to deal with one person. If a homeowner was giving me their property, I wanted them to deal with one person. So that's how I saw it. And then what did the, the girl, the blonde up the top in the green, in the, you know, what was she doing? The CEO, counting the money and watching reviews. That was it. So, um, so that, so folks, if you're just looking at that, then that's my um, organizational chart. And actually that is available on my website if anyone wants a copy of that. But, um, but Steve, I think what you've got to do is right from the start, think about long-term. Uh, so as you said, it might not be to long-term to sell, but if it's long-term to set up, because I think, you know, a lot of us aren't getting into businesses to create a job for ourselves. We're getting into a business financial freedom and to create a lifestyle for our family mm. how do we do that exactly and and you're brave also i just want to put it out there that you're brave for sharing that screen with all your tabs exposed and luckily oh, there's no porn tabs there <laughs> thank god i had them on and i shut those down <laughs> no, no. thanks for telling me now i was oh, looking i was searching hmm, okay she's good she's good uh, <laughs> No, but that's cool. How, how you, I mean, yeah, it's cool how you built that because um, it looks like a like a a real organization chart. But you you kind of started you started with the bottom levels first, right? Because you were giving the people the the properties to manage, and then it got so big that you had to add a middle level. So you kind of did it in reverse, but it was it still it still worked. I mean. I really like that. I really like that approach because you didn't want, um, and you mentioned, you know, like the way um, some companies, a lot of companies are set up, they have different divisions doing different things and it's just, uh, it's cumbersome. It's, it's cumbersome, right? And and, and if you if you look at, and, and what he mentions in that book, the, the E-Myth, um, is he, he loves, to, he talks a lot about McDonald's and how how uh, the vision of the Ray Kroc or whatever, the, the one of the founders, um, was to get these um, entrepreneurs to to open these stores and run them and then get another one and get another one. People, you know, he he didn't he wasn't going to try to build a corporation to to build a million McDonald's. He was getting entrepreneurs to open up their, their own McDonald's. And of course, he was getting a piece of every single McDonald's. And that is same, it's kind of the similar to what you did. And, you know, I always see myself as the matchmaker, um, literally, because I try and matchmake every single person in um, the industry. But the matchmaker between a, a, a homeowner wanting a piece of the short-term rental industry, so they're desperately wanting to get in, but they don't possess the time, the skills, the know-how. And then I'm matching them with a budding entrepreneur who just wants an opportunity. So there's a lot of us out there that want to own our own business. We want to be our own boss but we don't know where to start. So if I can create an opportunity for somebody, and it may be, this is where I would always be on the lookout for 
a server in a restaurant or a customer service person at a retail shop, if I found somebody with that get up and go, that real entrepreneurial vision, they're driven, they really want their own business, they've got great eye for detail, I would actually grab them and say, come with me, I have an opportunity for you here's a portfolio of properties, Mm. off you go. Mm. And of course, it just worked every time. So all I was doing was I was looking for opportunities on both sides, homeowners, entrepreneurs, boom, put them together. And you think about these big companies, that's exactly like what you just mentioned, McDonald's franchises, entrepreneurs, business opportunity, boom, together. And you take a little piece of the pie in the middle. It's exactly what Airbnb is doing. They're matching homeowners with guests, they don't own property, but they're making a hell of a lot of money by being the marketing engine and the matchmaker in the middle. Sorry, Australia's burning down by the sounds of that. Oh um, no, <laughs> um, man, it's 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 so funny because I, I I've always considered myself the same kind of person, a matchmaker. You know, it seems like I I know what people will go good together, and then they'll they'll end up staying friends for like forever or or working together forever, and it's. It happens all the time. I, I I don't I see myself as a, a facilitator. And and so and that's um it's so inspiring when I read your book about how you were you were able to do that. How are you able to get, you know, put people uh to to manage these properties for you and then you got a percentage and they got a percentage and they were happy and they took pride in their work and all that stuff. Whereas if you just keep hiring employees to run your business, uh, you know, it could work, but how they clock in, they clock out. Um, they're not going to get any more money unless you you have to set up bonus systems. You got to set up all kinds of things to make incentives. And and does that work? Maybe I don't know, kind of sort of. But these people had these these like the Glenn Ten. He had those properties. Those were his babies, and he was going to make sure that they were going to you know make as much as they could and be as good as they could. So that that's very that inspired the heck out of me. You've got to give people that um, you've got to empower them and give them a chance to actually prove themselves to you. And, you know, I think one of the things I see with property managers is a lot of them are very guarded and they're very much, uh, no one's going to ever be able to do this job as well as I am. You've got to let that go. You've got to Mm. actually realize that you can recruit, you can, um, you can give out those, those tasks to somebody else and delegate and trust You've just got to trust that they're going to do it just as well, if not probably better than what you can. And I can tell you what, Glenn can clean a toilet better than I can clean a toilet. <laughs> well, I, I need to hire Glenn. Give me his number. I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> oh, he'd be over in a flash. Actually, funny story about Glenn, um, and because I'm sure he'll listen to this at some stage and, and hate me for telling this, but he, because he was my very first co-host, I, of course, then one of the other policies and procedures is that you should always then get that person to train the next person coming on. So I had two young, impressionable, lovely girls in their early 20s go out with Glenn because I thought they were my next um, team members to come on board. And Glenn showed them how to clean a property. But his strategy and his processes was to clean and then do the showers last naked <laughs> well, that was the end of those girls they high footed hot footed it out of there and never to be seen again so thanks glenn uh but, yeah, not allowed the yeah don't don't do what he did <laughs> i'm sure he'd say you're welcome you're very welcome yeah, yeah, he would too. <laughs> that 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 is the, the glenn 11 you know 10 fingers and then something else um 
systems 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 uh so mm -hmm. so could you show us uh maybe give us an example of a of a sop that yeah. you created for something that was um giving you a lot of trouble and you like you find you made a SA, sop to make it work better yeah actually let me show you i'm going to show you a new document that i've just put together actually nobody's even seen this yet so you're you're special you already knew that there are those um, tabs there are those tabs. yeah <laughs> um look an onboarding checklist because one of the things that i find is that a lot of um let me just make sure that you can read this uh a lot of property managers get to the point where they get asked to look after another property and then they go crap what do we do now like what what is the process how do i and this is really important when it comes to having homeowners micromanage you you've got to start setting the boundaries you need to set expectations you need to put everything in writing right from the start and you need to be the boss you need to step up and take pride and say well i'm the professional you're employing me because i know what to do mm. um but look i'm i'm going to quickly take you through this but i'm going to talk you through it at the same time i'm going to share this document as well because I'm realized that some people are listening. It's an onboarding checklist. And this is for property managers um, uh, taking on a property from the start. So firstly, I oh, firstly I talk about doing a physical inspection of a property. You need to actually get out and have a look at a property because what you're doing then, you're not only looking at the property, you're meeting a homeowner for the first time. Mm. You, <laughs> you need to test both. Are you happy with the property and are you happy working with the property owner? Um, you're looking for, of course, things like, you know, uh, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, location, all that sort of stuff. But is the property up to scratch? Um, and, you know, is it something that you would want to stay in yourself? Um, testing the property owner. So one thing I always like to do, and folks, this is something I would suggest you do, is when you're going through that property, you want to bring a flaw to the attention of the homeowner, something that needs changing, something that needs spending money on. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Homeowner, that artwork that you have on the wall is probably not appropriate for short-term rentals. <laughs> or we need to buy a coffee machine to get the best, optimize the money coming. A sofa bed will get us two more people. Can you spend $2,000 on a sofa bed? Now, if there is any reluctance, if there's any um, fight that is put up there, red flag, uh, you may not want to take that homeowner on. So anyway, that's just a little tip for you. Um, creating an appraisal document, following up with the homeowner, then the paperwork and the logistics. Now, this is so important. Having a property owner's agreement in writing is where you set those boundaries and those expectations with the homeowner. You need to so, and this is, I've got it up on screen for those people looking, that document needs to have, we need to be able to see that they've got insurance. Do they have uh, pool safety compliance, um, CO2 detector? You want to be able to go through and make sure you've got everything on that property that you need to know about. But then also in that document, you want to talk about things like future bookings. If they are to take that home back off you as a property manager, what happens to future bookings? safeguard yourself with that you also want to talk about things like um uh what should be in the property when it's uh and like a shopping list give them a shopping list as a homeowner now if they can't provide that you go out and provide it you need to be very clear on your clear on your fees and your charges as well um real quick over, real quick oh, real yeah, quick yep yeah. 
listeners out there, you're gonna want to go to YouTube and and look at this because she's just giving away tens of thousands of dollars of information right now. Seriously, and you can take some screenshots and then go do you know do your business. Anyways, back to yeah, back to the free stuff. Come on, bring it, bring it. Actually, I'm, and now I'm gonna show you that actual document. So this this is what you want screenshots of. This document here is where we say welcome. Mr. Minister Homeowner, we would like to, we're going to take management of your property. Mm-hmm. We're going to prepare it for holiday guests. This is the shopping list. So this is actually the document that I used. And this is one that I sell as a template online. But if you're very clever at taking screenshots, you can copy and paste. <laughs> um, but I want to I want to say to people, look, we need cutting knives and cutting boards and we need um, a vegetable peeler in the home. If it's not there, I'm going to go out and buy it. But I've got that in writing. I'm going to talk about what I'm providing as a homeowner, the consumables. So what is it that you're including in your management fee? Um, we're going to ask about how many keys that you need, how many swipe cards, remotes, uh, we're going to talk about Wi-Fi. If the Wi-Fi fails and you're managing this home on behalf of a homeowner, you want to put in a dongle, one of the Wi-Fi devices, but you're going to charge them for it. Pets. What happens with pets? Um, personal use. Okay, now this is where a homeowner may think that because they're giving you their property to manage, they can come and go as they please. Mm. Ah, no, wrong answer. They need to give you, and in my case, three days notice but then they're also going to pay for a cleaning fee. So don't be, um, don't get yourself involved with a homeowner that says, I can clean. I'm a really good cleaner. <laughs> to the standards of Airbnb guests, I'm afraid. <laughs> then cleaning. Now this is really important to put in black and white what a guest clean entails because when a guest is paying for a clean, they're not paying for you to clean the light fittings, do the air conditioning vents, clean behind the refrigerator. So you're going to put in what it involves. Then you're going to talk about what we call spring cleaning. I'm not sure if it's the same term over deep, in the US. Deep but cleaning, deep cleaning. Deep cleaning. Yeah. You're going to have to do a deep clean on a property every few months, but you're going to charge for it. Make sure you have a charge in there for it. Um, look, I'm scrolling really quickly on this, but I'm I'm hoping that you get the gist that you need to talk about maintenance, repairs, the actual way that your charges lay out because people see that you've got uh, a property for $400 a night on Airbnb. They're only collecting $291. Uh, How does that compute? How does that calculate? Homeowners don't understand that there's fees and charges coming out from Airbnb. Termination, change of property use. Now, this is super important that you do get clear on those future bookings. What happens if there is an early exit? Uh, You might charge an early exit fee, Um, but just exactly how it's all going to work. Insurance, smoke alarms, pool safety, and then, of course, the schedule of fees. And this is where you can change this every year if you want to. Put in your management fee. Put in your rate that you're going to charge of any duty outside of Uh, property management. And what I mean by that is if you're sitting around waiting for an internet technician for three hours to come and fix the Wi-Fi, you need to get paid for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you're going out and you're setting up a home, um, furnishing a home, you need to get paid for that. Mm. And then of course, just a document that collects all of those details, like the Wi-Fi, the trash day, uh, the cable details, um, codes to get into gates, that type of thing. Mm. Um, so that is the actual document. Now, what I was saying before, that process in place, though, that's only that document is one 
part of that onboarding process. You need to make sure that you've got things like handover, photos, listings, all those sorts of things. Have a process in place for that whole thing. And I promise you, make your life a lot easier. <laughs> I, and so, you know, we can nerd out on this all day. I love those. I love those documents that you just showed. Oh, my gosh. This like it's a SOP porn. Uh, I mean, it's a <laughs> it's you're so you're so married you're so easy <laughs> oh yeah uh, never mind um so real quick um I, something i just point out real quick 25 percent commission i know it's it's yeah. if you were gonna you know start a, a brand new short-term rental business would you still charge 25 percent? the only reason i ask is there's so many especially the bigger companies they're charging they're, they're offering 10 percent commission to these people that are saying well what about this corporation over here they're this company blah 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 no you know mention no names they're 10 percent. they're going to manage my property and you and- get what you pay for um, <laughs> that's my answer on that because i just and this is where i think you've got to go in with confidence um and simplicity for a homeowner homeowners do not want all the added extras with fees charges all that sort of you know and for god's sake do not charge a homeowner for your software that you are using make that that should be part of the the commission the fee that mm-hmm. um so i see a lot of property owners trying to on charge their pms or their channel manager subscription to a homeowner uh no that's part of your running cost for your business so right. um but i would say yes i would absolutely go with the highest amount that I could charge. Uh, and that would be, you know, 25% in my location. But I think what you've got to do is research your area. You know, some areas you might only be able to push 18% or 20%, but you you are doing a hell of a lot of work. You're 24-7. You are including, in my case, it was the consumables. You are going to be looking after their property like it is your own. You You're offering a great service and... At the end of the day, um, yeah, you you really you get what you pay for. Now, now, another thing, because because the people you put in place, you know, mm-hmm. the franchisees to 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 manage this, you know, ten properties here, twenty here, fifteen here, they had to live local to those properties, right? Correct. So so yeah. so your would your systems work being like a remote host? they would but guess what what we need to do then oh i'm going to show you another document i love this holy moly i actually think that this podcast i'm probably giving more details away than any other podcast i must be in a good mood today um so i am going to show you exactly what you do in that case and this is um that's not the right document um what you need to do is you just need to increase the commission so what i did is i increased the commission to a 20 uh, sorry to a 10 percent payout to that home uh to that property host because what i need them to do is i want them to and sorry i'm going to just find this um uh, a host contract um here we go all right, here's the here's the gold. Yeah, folks, get on YouTube. If you can copy and paste all this stuff, you're going to love what I'm about to show you now. So uh, rural hosts. Okay, so this is where you could do this same um, organizational structure anywhere in the world. But what I want you to sh- have a look at is this section here, the rural hosts. So what I would do if they are all rural, I would add another 4% commission to them mm-hmm. to pay out. 
um, ignore this other stuff here where I'm talking about more than 60 days. I was actually doing it a little bit different there, but I would just pay them 10% of the 25. But I would say additionally, I would have them sourcing properties. They would have to go out and market and cold call or look for properties to take on into our portfolio. They would be making the initial contact with the homeowners. They would do the appraisal and then they would um, they would then do the onboarding of those properties. So they're really doing what a property manager in my traditional chart that I showed you, the organisational chart, would be doing plus the property host. So they're doing looking for the property, onboarding the property, they're then dealing with the exiting of the properties. And folks, yes, it's true. You're going to have to hand these properties back to a homeowner, whether it's through the sale of a property, they're moving back into the property. Um, but you need to be able to hand it back with everything that you collected, remotes, linen, homewares, all of those intact. But mm. you then ask them to also purchase and store the consumables on for those properties. So very simply, Yes, but chicken or the egg, do you find the properties first or do you find that remote host first? I would go with the host, find the right person, identify an area. So let's say, and this is where as property managers, we can identify where we want to vacation ourselves and we can set up a location so that we, when we go to inspect those properties, it's all tax deductible. So Carbo San Lucas, I'm heading there tomorrow. <laughs> damn, what if I found somebody to manage properties there? I would put them on this structure and I would say to them, I'm going to give you 10%, but I'm going to give you everything you need to run your own little business. And uh, and then you start marketing and you start looking for, for properties and opportunities. Um, you know, a lot of people, we were saying before that there are entrepreneurs, budding entrepreneurs looking to buy into a franchise, looking to buy a business in this case, you're not selling a business to them. You're gifting it to them and saying, I have a business for you, a business in a box that I'm going to give you. Uh, you just have to be a little patient because it's going to take us a little while to, to build up or or not. You know, you might get mm -hmm. five properties in one go. So, um, so folks, provide that opportunity for those budding entrepreneurs. And, and so that's the thing. So I've always, okay. Like at my job, for example, right? I always bring up my job. That I'm still, I'm still there, but I'm just, I just—I go. I believe you're still hey. working a job. <laughs> I go a couple of days a week. I go a couple of days a week, and I keep um, all my flight benefits and all the medical oh, and all that stuff. So, that's but most of the time, I'm I'm off, you know. And I just—they're even surprised when I do show up. But anyways, um, I give away most of my shifts. But anyways, um, well, people people know me as the Airbnb guy, the short term rental guy. They, they ask me all these questions, and and I've been through so many people at my job asking me, and they're like, okay, maybe this person has what it takes, and then um, and then they lose interest, and they they uh, I, I I'll even say, hey, here's some properties over here. I know where there's going to be some arbitrages coming up. Oh well, I can't because of this. And this is okay. I guess it you know, um. Only one person at my job, and I mentioned shout out to Shannon. He's the only one that actually started his first uh, Airbnb in Shreveport, and he just uh, he, he's killing it. I, I got him onto the midterm space because I'm big on the midterm. I got the insurance connections and stuff, and and he got his first um like eight thousand dollar booking. So he's so excited, you know. He's he's addicted now. Uh, yeah. So well, eight thousand initially, it's like four thousand a month in in rent. So uh, it, yeah. So there's this the midterm is, is I love that, but. 
he's the only one of all these people. Maybe, and that's not the right environment because people would want to go to work, paycheck, and then they're they're used to the sec- the security. You know what I'm saying? So how do you how do you just go find? I guess you can get in Facebook groups. Or there's people out there in the in the Airbnb short term rental Facebook groups. Or how do you find people that will that do will actually do the job for you? You know? Yeah. And and you hit it on the head. There are two people in this two types of people in this world. There are people that like to be employees and are scared of losing their job and that security. And there are entrepreneurs who are scared of ever having to get a job. (laughs) So that's, they're the two. Now you and I fall into that second category, although you are still dabbling in the security of a (laughs) a job. Um, But I think what you've got to do is you've got to just keep your eyes peeled for those people who are constantly either talking about um, being their own boss or or just willing to take that risk and that leap of faith. Now, um, a great option is to find somebody who has already dabbled in Airbnb and short-term rentals themselves, and they may have one property that they're running. They just don't have the mindset, the brain, the business in a box that you're going to present to them. But once you do, they're the ones who just get it and they're just going to run with it. Um, I a very good place to look for these entrepreneurs are parents of school-aged children. And I think that there's a lot of lost opportunity there that, you know, the busiest time of of the day for us as a short-term rental host uh, is school hours. And so with, you know, with that comes the opportunity that maybe there's a parent at your local school or um, or somebody that, yeah, that has little kids that might just want an opportunity. Uh, maybe they've been out of the workforce for long enough that they've lost that dream of getting back into a cubicle again and uh, and that they would like to have that flexibility where they can perhaps sometimes take the kids to work with them. And, um, and that's what we have got. We've got that opportunity to say, here's two properties. I want you to look after everything about these properties. Um, And yes, you can take your children to the properties if you want while you clean them. And I would say to people, I don't care how you clean them. If you clean them yourself, you have your kids help you, or if you outsource that. But my contract is with you uh, as a host, and I just need it done. I need the cleaning done. I need the laundry done, and I need it to be at a five-star level. That's it. So very clear expectations, key performance indicators, um, but look for parents, look for senior citizens, uh, look for people that students that may be uh, studying, but they just want some side income. But you're looking for the attitude. You're looking for the mindset of being an entrepreneur. They can think big. They've got a good eye for detail. They can clean um, (laughs) and that they've got good communication. Now, one person I did employ, their messaging was great in the mornings, but in the afternoons, they started slurring their words. They, they were drinking. So don't employ drunks either. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not employ ourselves. No, uh, no. <laughs> I wouldn't employ. <laughs> uh, what do you want? Um, yeah, so, wow, so much so much great information. It, it, I guess I get... You know, we've been in this industry for a while, right? And, and so, and we've been on those uh, Facebook groups and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's why I was asking. It's like, it seems like it's just a place for hosts to go or host to bitch and moan and say, oh, Airbnb's unfair, Airbnb's this, and you know, it's so bad. And blah, 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 look at the, you know, they're just so, it's so much negativity 
So I'm like, I would definitely not want to employ one of them to run my things because they're just going to find the negative and everything. So it, it is it is discouraging to see that out there in those groups. Right. And and so um, that's why I was wondering where's a good play. And, I, and I, you know, something came to my mind. Something came to my mind, you know, and I, bing, you know, and my, my nephew has been really, really asking me a lot about this and he's fascinated by it. And I'm like, you know what? Why not? I can give him some properties. You handle yeah. these hundred percent. This is how you do it. This is exactly how you do it. You know, I'm going to steal Julie George's stuff. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to give him some, I'm going to give him some properties and that, yeah. that's freaking perfect. Because there's no, there's no cost or risk to you really. Like just give people a go. And, and that's why I set it up this way. When I started my business, I had no money. I had no investors. I didn't have any you know, I, I was, you know, really risking, like, I, I didn't want to be able to have us have to pay someone's salary. So, but in this model, we can, your nephew, for example, can come on, take a couple of properties, you will soon know if he's got the goods or not, because you look at those, all you're doing is watching the reviews. If the reviews come through, and he's getting five stars, great, load him up with another property. If it's coming back saying that he's three star cleaning, train him again like give him another go because we've got to give people a chance but if it continues to be bad sorry you're not doing the job and oh you're not up to the task but um but yeah folks Stephen hit it on the head just then steer clear of those Facebook groups where there's bitching moaning whinging go and find people that enhance your life and that make your life like that are a joy to be around and that give you energy when you're around them they are out there you just need to find them and whether it might be a local meetup that you organize in your area just to meet some fellow hosts uh in the area and just to give them support like we were saying before give them that group hug um but perhaps they may be looking for an opportunity to take on more properties they just need your expertise as the airbnb guru to to provide that <laughs> the guru <laughs> thank you thank you very much um um that 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 is so cool and so so let's get to the teaching aspect you're out there teaching you're out there traveling the world uh tell us all about that fun stuff why do you do it you don't have to do it you're a billionaire already what the hell yeah <laughs> don't believe everything you read on the book cover um um so, uh, <laughs> So I'm, uh, yes, look, folks, I'm out there now teaching people exactly, you've had a little snippet of what I'm, I show people uh, in the last hour. Uh, and in fact, look, you may not even need me now that you've watched this episode, you just need to watch it about four more times and slow it down and screenshot everything. Uh, but I am doing one-on-one -on -one coaching with people and I like to dive into their business and go, all right, uh, just rentals, show me your paperwork, show me your income statements, show me your expenses. I want to be fully immersed so when I'm coaching one-on-one -on -one, it's I'm not the cheapest um, but I'm certainly not the most expensive coach out there but I want to work with only five or six companies at a time and I'm going to just jump in and help you as if it's my own business now the other thing that I've got going on at the moment which is amazing um, if I must say so myself is a mastermind community that I've just created and it's for anybody in the short-term rental industry I'm talking hosts vendors, software companies. If you've got an interest in the short-term rental space, I have created what I like to call, it's like clubhouse, our old clubhouse days. 
mixed with Slack on Crack. So it's a website, it's an app that you can access 24-7. You can have me answering your questions 24-7. You can have my assistant helping you out. We're sharing all the documents, all the templates that I've just shown you. You've got members in that community like Dr. Rachel Gainsborough. You've got people like Will Slickers. You've got incredibly well-known people in the community that you can reach out to as well. And you've got that positive community aspect. We hold monthly Zoom meetings. And now we just did artificial intelligence. We're about to do one on, um, on how to be found on Google. So anyone who's got a direct website needs to uh, be in on that meeting. And at the moment, I've got a, a very discounted price of $850 US for the year for that, mm. um, that community. So, and folks, look, if you want that, um, if you listen to this podcast and you'd like in on that, I just need you to either connect with me on social media or send me an email and say, I've just listened to Live, Let, Thrive. I want to um, come into your community. I'll honour that $850 uh, for the next, well, let's say the next two months. I'll put that out to any of your listeners um, because what it will do is it's going to go up to $3,500 um, as yeah. a normal price for that that's uh that community but steve i'm going to be pulling you and micah into that community as yeah, well we're um, on there. yeah that's um i would love to see you but it's it's really a replacement we used to go to clubhouse to all connect with each other mm -hmm. uh now i'm i'm hoping i've created a new platform that you can all just come in and yeah, mix with each other oh you should see um i'm not i haven't been on clubhouse in a while real quickly uh we'll, right now. It, it, it is it, and it's just a bunch of drama now it's just a bunch of people outing these gurus that ripped them off. That's pretty much what it is. And and there's, I mean, for tens of thousands of dollars, they're they're like out there taking these people's money and saying they're going to give them properties. And it's just craziness going on like, right now. And so they're all just, they're doing actual clubhouses on this, this guru burned me, this guru burned me, all this stuff. You know, it's just, listen to Live, Let, Thrive. You get all this shit for free. What the hell are you going on clubhouse and paying people, you know, $100,000 of your money? That's, that's stupid. Anyways, so... <laughs> yeah that's the clubhouse thing but this is this is cool the master class i'm gonna be on there i'm gonna be on there too and, and you know i i can help people out too you know i love i love helping people too i'm the facilitator and, and that's that's what it's all about so everybody's really helping each other but you can ask and be vulnerable in there and ask questions like i don't know what i'm doing like help me with my onboarding process right well then you, suddenly you've got three people three gurus uh coming at you and going Here's a document you can use. Here's a procedure. Here's a um, process. Here's a video you can watch. You've got that help. And and really, I think that that's so important that we all collaborate. Um, but it's been great. And the, the other aspect in the community, we've gamified it. So for every time you interact, there is a leaderboard with points. And at the end of the month, I give out prizes. <laughs> so nice. you can win prizes by coming into the community. Little koalas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually cash, but Ooh, we'll cash uh... money. That's what's up. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank you again, Julie, for hopping on the show and, and teaching us how to, to clean the, the bathrooms, uh, showers naked. That's number one thing I, I drew from this. <laughs> oh yeah. Is there another way to do it? I don't, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Always cleaning tip number 101 for SDRs, clean the showers last and take your clothes off. <laughs> that's that's sage advice right there from miss julie george thank you so much julie for hopping on I, I, people know where to find you they go to julie george and they'll find you but we're going to put you in the show notes too right uh get her book million dollar host 
in the house and the hospitable hosts. And um, man, this is so cool. I, lo I love having you on because you're just so inspirational and everybody everybody loves Julie. So I can't wait to see you. I've been, I've been watching the, the Women's World Cup. It's happening in, in Australia. And it's I'm like, oh, Julie. So it is actually just downstairs from me. And the music just started up because they have bands every day. We, I've never seen so many people celebrating in one go. But um, Australia lost to Nigeria last night, which is a little sad. But yeah. uh, but I think the Americans are doing pretty good. So, um, so what? out but yeah we're having a hell of a party down under at the moment and the um it's great to see the women uh getting the recognition that they deserve in the football world and and lucy my my, my six-year-old she can't wait to go to australia that's she just wants to go so we're gonna make our trip over there and see Good. julie and have fun <laughs> and have put a shrimp on the bobby thanks for having me today steve <laughs> thanks julie we'll talk to you soon adios bye everybody we love y'all peace all that awkward dismount. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.